0: Welcome to St. James Parish in Wilmington, North Carolina. You can learn more about St. James on our website at stjamesp.org. Let's see what we're gonna do with this, this morning. About a decade ago, I served, some of you know, I served as a chaplain to a drug and alcohol rehab for women near the Atlanta area. And in working with these women who were trying to put their broken lives back together, there was a saying used as a strategy to avoid relapse, and one I've just never forgotten. You may have heard it, play the tape to the end. For these particular women, now most of the time, if they were to play the tape to the end in their mind... Um, they would find themselves thrown away on some dirty street or back in jail after being arrested, which meant for them starting the process to wholeness all over again. While most of the decisions we make on a daily basis don't end quite as dramatically as that, we each have choices to make regardless, choices to try God's way, or stick with our own. And I'm not here to give you a laundry list of from which to choose, but I am convinced that each of us has our own nudge from God, and we know the choices we need to make. And it's called the Holy Spirit, or that guiding compass inside us, God. But our lessons today give us some pretty dramatic options. Life and prosperity, death and adversity. Hmm. Door number one, life and blessings. Door number two, death and curses. What is so difficult about this? Of course we want life. Now for most of us, who have our faculties in place, or semi, with the fine education we've been provided and more food and clothing to last us several lifetimes, not a problem. But what about those who begin from a different starting place than we do? Or those who have had trauma in their lives beyond belief? Or those who have never heard about the love of God? Some folks have a broken chooser, and it isn't that simple. Do they even have the capacity to choose life? Do they know what life, a life of prosperity looks like? A yet larger question for me is, will the church model what life and pr- prosperity look like? While this may seem obvious, Jesus is clear. There's a cost to follow him, and he wants these large numbers who have been receiving food and witnessing all the miracles to know that he is leaving them, leaving us, to be Christ's hands and feet once he is gone. But let's go back to that, those who have the broken chooser. Let's don't leave them behind. When abuse and trauma have been the norm for someone their entire lives, it's easier said than done to just flip a switch and change. Family systems theories suggest that the dysfunctional family can operate with stability when everyone in the family participates and contributes to that dysfunction. But the moment one person in the family decides to become healthy and ceases to contribute to the unhealthiness, that decision threatens to destabilize the whole entire system. And it may be that one has to hate their family just long enough to get out. And while I wish Jesus had chosen some different language to warn his followers of what the cost will be, in his Hate Your Family and Life dissertation, Jesus makes it clear that the tough choices will have to be made, they will have to be made, and it's for everyone. The church, which funct- also functions as a family system, has to decide if it's going to be, whether it's going to be an advocate some- for someone in need, or it's going to stand by and ridicule them for not just pulling themselves up by their bootstraps and getting on with the program. Will we offer that hand to someone who can never repay us? A person or even a church with a healthy chooser may be able to make the decision easily. But as Jesus speaks, no one is immune. It will be tough for the person in need who's wanting to follow Jesus, and it will be tough for the person helping. We may not all get the glamorous jobs as we each have our own decision of what that looks like. Last week, we witnessed how Jesus handled both those who had been invited to the banquet as well as the host who was giving the banquet. He doesn't let anyone off the hook. He invited us all to rethink our places at the table and to imagine new ways of being in relationship and new ways to practice grace and mercy. Today, as the crowds continue to grow larger and larger, Jesus is getting more into the weeds and letting them know what it's going to look like to continue to follow him. The story we heard from Philemon has the Apostle Paul going to bat for a runaway slave named Onesimus. We don't know exactly what caused Onesimus to run away. Nevertheless, he has indeed run away from Philemon, who is the leader of a house church, no less, and he's now in jail. Susan Engel offers some good background on the passage, which I invite you to read a little later. But Onesimus had to take a chance going back to his owner, and the owner had to take a chance on Onesimus. It took both of them making the tough choices. Now, admittedly, Jesus' call for us to hate family and even life hardly makes sense to us because we know that it's not natural. To do that, or nor is it consistent with the rest of Scripture, which calls us to love, to understand, to forgive, to care for others, and to provide for our families. But as we've been seeing really all summer, and with um, in Luke, in parts of Luke, with some of these rather contentious sayings of Jesus, they often and most likely have deep roots much more than what's right at the surface that we can see. We can go off in a huff, or we can dig a little deeper. Where I've finally landed on this statement of the word hate in Jesus' day um, is that it possibly did not carry the emotional baggage we often give it, Rather, it is used as a way of comparison, as a way of expressing our willingness to be detached or to turn away from something or someone who we think we cannot live without and to trust God. Well, I'm not going to sit up here and attempt to wrap up the little hate statement in a pretty little bow, primarily because life doesn't operate that way. I tried to find other translations to soften it. Susan, I couldn't find one. They don't. It all, they all say hate. But what is clear to me is that there's a cost for choosing a better way of life. There's a high price to take the high road. Now, there's even a higher price to pay to not choose it. Yet choosing to say yes to God and that's where, and modeling it to others as a church who may not be there yet. That is where we find life. I still don't like the word hate in any form, but it does cause me to pause and ask myself, as I ask you now, is there anything or anyone that stands in the way of ultimate loyalty to Jesus, which who only desires for us to be whole. God desires wholeness for your life. Play the tape to the end. Where is God calling you to go or to stop or to change directions? Jesus makes it clear that following him will always point us toward loving God with all our heart, soul, strength, and mind And one hint I'll leave you with, everything that leads us to love God ultimately leads us to love God's children. And that's where we find, and then are able to choose, life and prosperity. Amen.